Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Yes, it is 6 December. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we've got a couple of people that have not been to the Sunday service before. We've got Gary, who came down all the way from North Carolina to see Sergio and Rodo, who are visiting temporarily in the church and also to spend a couple days with us. And uh, I've been driving him crazy for the past three days. He's been staying at the house. And so it's wonderful to have you here. And then this morning, Dennis and Debbie Amaral, is that right? Okay, they came in from uh, uh, Massachusetts. And unfortunately, I had a sign that I didn't know was there. It's been there for 10 years now or something that says we open at 845 is when we have Bible class. And it was completely wrong. So I said, you got a, about an hour and a half to uh, wait before we get things going. And uh, it turned out to be okay for them because they've met some nice people and got a couple of uh, watched a Sergio and wrote a video and stuff. So anyway, welcome to you. And I appreciate you making this effort. And uh, let's see, our first category, as always, is uh, Israel. And from Arts Shiva. All right, this is what I said last week. I would bring up this particular article, and I say, you're going to say, that sounds just like the book of Revelation, and it does. It was just out that morning. I didn't have time to put it into last week's update, but it says, we won't force vaccine, but here's what we'll do. Now, this is Israel. Although Health Ministry Director Hezi Levy insisted to reporters that we won't force people to take a vaccine, Israeli law doesn't allow for it. Speaking before the Special Knesset Coronavirus Committee listed measures that are being planned to maneuver the population into vaccinating as a way of regaining freedom of movement. Now think of America because we also, you can't force people to do certain things in America, but you can manipulate them so that they end up doing it. So we have a parallel here with the U.S. The issue of how to motivate vaccine compliance has generated increasing interest with commentators such as Mike Chernovich writing, government won't force you to take vaccine. Amazon will. Airlines will. Banks will. You won't be able to, here it is, buy, sell, or trade without the vaccine. Now imagine that. That's what the Bible says is going to happen in the end times. And they're using this as a precursor to what's coming with the mark of the beast. No, I do not believe this is the mark of the beast because obviously it says it's on the right hand or uh, the forehead and we're not getting vaccinated in our forehead. Okay. That's obvious. So this is a precursor to it, but they are conditioning people now for what is coming and they're doing it by scaring people through this coronavirus. Okay. This is the start of that, but you won't be able to buy, sell, or trade without the vaccine. Another thing that will apparently come into our lives, starting in small numbers already in January, which is soon, and that's the vaccine. If we're discussing how to create motivation for Israeli citizens to vaccinate, I agree, you can't force the population. It won't work. We can talk about it until tomorrow. It won't work. What is possible is to create motivation. Whoever is vaccinated will automatically receive green status. Therefore, you may vaccinate and receive green status to go freely in all the green zones. They'll open for you cultural events. They'll open to you the shopping malls, hotels, and restaurants. Well, you can't go to a shopping mall, a hotel, or a restaurant anymore if you don't have the vaccine is what that implication is. 
you may decide you're not vaccinating. And if you don't want to enter these areas, you'll need to submit to a PCR test. And therefore, I believe people will understand by themselves that the vaccine will return them to regular life and they'll vaccinate themselves without our obligating them. There you go. From the Times of Israel. There's a good one. Until vaccine make 55 plus, which is, I'd say, 100% of us here. Anybody? Yeah, 100% of us. If you make 55 plus live separately to save lives, Israeli research says. So now they're starting to divide up the uh, people as well. A new age segregation strategy can prevent coronavirus deaths, avoid lockdown, and get the elderly safely socializing even before vaccination. We can significantly limit mortality without shutting things down just by having people who are 55 plus only coming into contact with people in this age bracket. This can reduce deaths without lockdowns. This could allow Israel to open stores and more businesses while limiting the risk to the most vulnerable in society, namely the older people. Now remember, up until this past year, if somebody was sick, you put them in their bedroom and you, they stayed there until they got better and they were isolated and the rest of the population went out. Now they're doing exactly the opposite. And this single change alone in a society that is fully operating with only masks and social distancing in place to prevent infection would drive down death rates by 62%. I would say it would drive them down by 100% because only the older people are dying. Very, very few people die apart from the very old and starting at 55 is unconscionable. I mean, we're talking people that either have already health conditions that are bringing them to the point of death or they are at a certain age where they're going to die anyway. And that's the people that have been dying from this. So why not? Israel and UAE join forces to save endangered birds. I know this has nothing to do with prophecy, but we need to get off of being depressed for a minute. So I thought I'd add this in. With the ink on normalization agreement barely dry, Israel and the UAE are already working together to improve life in the region for more than just humans. A UAE conservation fund and Israeli naturalists are cooperating to provide the Horbara, a desert fell facing threat of extinction. Have you guys ever seen this bird? It's a beautiful bird out in the desert, especially in the Negev. The International Fund for Hubara Conservation from Abu Dhabi signed a memorandum of understanding with Israel's Nature and Parks Authority and the Nature and Heritage Foundation to conduct joint research projects in efforts to save the endangered birds. Now, the interesting thing about this isn't just the birds, it's they are actually cooperating already with Bahrain on this. And that makes it kind of special because, as I said last week, it was only about 15 minutes ago that they were enemies. All right, so the UAE Foundation has decades of experience in conservation and was the founder in 1989 of a national center for birds that was first of its kind to study the Asian Hobara population. The center is responsible for breeding approximately 64,000 chicks in the UAE, Morocco, and Kazakhstan. Most chicks are set free and some have made their way through Jordan to Israel and have settled in the Arava Desert. I said the, uh, did I say the Arava? I think I said the Negev. Anyway, the Arava Desert, after having been extinct in that region. But bird hunting is an age-old tradition in the UAE, and the Hubara is a favored trophy for hunters. The memorandum signed with the foundation's representative, Majid Ali al-Mansouri and Matan Vilnai, President of the Israel Nature and Heritage Foundation outlines a five-year cooperation plan for the preservation of the Hobara and other endangered species. So it's kind of a nice article, and it does fit in with prophecy simply because the two countries are now working together, which is a good thing. From Christian News, 
from the Western Journal. Don't panic when I read this title, okay? I'm agreement with the guy, but don't panic at first. California pastor temporarily turns church into a strip club so that it can open for services during COVID. You'll laugh when he gets done, okay? Don't worry. In a ruling dated November 6, San Diego Superior Court Judge Joel R. Wolfale wrote that the state couldn't stop clubs, we talked about this, strip clubs from being allowed to provide live adult entertainment in San Diego County, saying that the harm to plaintiffs if the application is denied is greater than the harm to defendants if the application is granted. A week later, L.A. Superior Court Judge Mitchell L. Beckloff ruled that pretrial discovery could go forward and witnesses could be called in the case against John MacArthur's church, which has met for in-person services and has been slapped with a contempt charge. MacArthur has gone to court as well, although courts there have issued an injunction against his flock meeting. Godspeak Calvary Chapel Pastor Rob McCoy figured that if you can't beat them, join them. While his flock isn't in San Diego County, the ruling in San Diego could theoretically be applied to the rest of the state. After all, it's the same state and the same amendment. So he decided to turn his church into a strip club to stay open. McCoy is another pastor who has continued in-person services in spite of a court injunction, according to the Ventura County Star. They've also faced a filing of contempt. However, he said he found inspiration in how to beat the injunction from former Arkansas Governor Huckabee. Huckabee said, I don't have a lot of experience with strip clubs. I do have quite a bit of experience with churches. You know he's an ordained Baptist minister. He was a pastor of a church for years. So he says, um, generally, they're a fairly safe place. I would think it's ridiculous to say that people are safer in a strip club than they are at a church. Huckabee said that churches should simply announce their pastor will remove his tie during the sermon, and therefore he will take off an article of clothing, making it a temporary strip club so that people will be able to go to church. McCoy did him one better, engaging in a clean version of a strip tease before taking off the tie. Congregants, meanwhile, held up $1 bills. Crass? Perhaps. Not nearly as much as Cheetah's Gentlemen's Club, and while we Christians are called to not descend to their level, we can and should also mock the absurdities of the secular world as well. Something we've done right in this church and will continue to do, but I'm very happy this guy did this. It was all very graceful. There was nothing perverted about it, but he is making a statement, an obvious statement that you can have strip clubs, but you can't have a church. Well, we'll, we'll convert and you can't say anything about it. Just like when Trump had his rallies and they said, well, you can't do that. And he said, well, we're protesting. And then he had his rallies and nobody could stop him. You got to learn to live with these liberals on their own level at times. And you got to uh, demean yourself in some ways just in order to function in this society anymore. From the Christian headlines, Christian Medical Group urges churches to stop meeting. We talked about this before the update today, is that I saw a meme on Facebook, and it's so true. Lothar over in Germany is the one that posted this. It had a picture of uh, some people back in the early ADs, and a Roman soldier said, you can either uh, renounce your, your faith in Christ or you can be a martyr. And they said, we'll be martyrs. And nowadays, they say you can either close your church and wear a mask or we'll find you. And so what do they do? They close their churches and they put on masks. Pandemic has reached a crisis point, say these doctors. Christian Medical and Dental Associations pointed to a record number of daily cases in the U.S. for the rationale behind its stance. 
we have to slow the rising tide of COVID-19 cases or our hospitals will be overrun, the statement said. It was posted on the organization's website under the headline, A Plea to Our Churches. The time it takes for the U.S. to accumulate 1 million cases has dropped from 44 days to just 7 days. Now, this was over 7 days ago, and it hasn't happened, so they're just blowing smoke. But I have no respect for people, even if they call themselves Christians, that are going to take a stand like this. Absolutely none. The pandemic has not only arrived, it is hitting with hurricane force and has reached a crisis point. Wait till we get to an article a little later here. You'll see this isn't true. The sector that is bearing the brunt of this raging pandemic is our healthcare system. Especially the, you know, my son works at the hospital and they just rotated him into the COVID-19 section a while ago. They're moving people, instead of having just one section, people think it's unfair. So they're moving this section to different sections of the hospital so everybody can participate. But it's not true, at least not in Sarasota. And we got more old folks here than anywhere on the planet. I mean, literally. So anyway, the uh, sector that is bearing the brunt of this raging pandemic is our healthcare system. CDMA encouraged churches to pause gatherings out of a love of neighbor. Church should not become an idol by itself. The issue here is the second greatest commandment, to love one another as we love ourselves. I would argue exactly the opposite. The most unloving thing that I as a pastor could do would be to stop preaching the word of God and sharing the gospel. I absolutely think this is 100% the opposite stand that they should be taking. Restricting meeting for a season is not about fear of contracting the virus ourselves. Rather, it is about loving one another and minimizing risk to the vulnerable around us. As, as I said, if you're vulnerable, stay home. We haven't seen Pat here in months, and that's because she's old and she's vulnerable, and she's made that choice herself. I think of her every single time I come into this congregation. She never missed a Bible study. She never missed a church service. And she's staying home because she knows that she's vulnerable. That's what you do. Rather, it is about loving one another and minimizing risk to the vulnerable around us. As members of the body of Christ, we are called to be his ambassadors, 2 Corinthians 5.20. That means that Christ has chosen us to reveal his love and grace to those around us. Choosing to put off gathering together as a church is a statement of love. I completely disagree 100%. You can take any verse in the Bible and you can rip it out of its intended context and you will form a pretext. And that's exactly what they've done here. It's a complete misuse of scripture to say what they said from the New York Post. Tequila bar applies to become church to skirt COVID-19 lockdown rules. So you got the opposite happening in other states. You can be a church and open, but you can't be a bar. And so now they're calling themselves churches. From the Epic Times, Supreme Court rejects California Governor Newsom's pandemic church restrictions. This is based on New York. They said, you can't do what you're doing to the people in New York. You can't be unfair to the churches. The Supreme Court of the United States of America came out with that ruling a week ago, and Gavin Newsom said, it doesn't matter. We're doing it anyway, ignoring the Supreme Court of the United States. And so now they've come down and they said, you can't do that. The Supreme Court issued a decision 3 December siding with California churches that are seeking relief from the state's heavy-handed COVID-19 restrictions on attendance at houses of worship. Good for them. And if he doesn't do it, I hope they take that guy and they lock him up. Literally. Get rid of that guy. He's just insane. Mideast and Africa. From the Jerusalem Post, UAE halts new visas to citizens of 13 mostly Muslim states. Remember last week, they were giving free visa travel for the UAE and to Israel, and vice versa, they're going to do the same for Israelis, and yet 13 mostly Muslim states, they're restricting access to them. And we got hammered when the 
Trump administration said, we're not going to allow these nations in because they're sending in terrorists. And the whole world went crazy against them, and yet their own nations are doing it against one another. UAE has stopped issuing news visas to citizens of 13 mostly Muslim-majority countries, including Iran, Syria, and Somalia, according to a document issued by a state-owned business park. The document cited an immigration circular that came into effect on November 18th. It said applications for new employment and visit visas had been suspended for nationals who are outside the UAE of the 13 countries, including Afghanistan, Libya, and Yemen, until further notice. The visa ban also applies to citizens of Algeria, Kenya, Iraq, Lebanon, Pakistan, Tunisia, and Turkey, the document says. A source briefed on the matter told Reuters that the UAE had temporarily stopped issuing new visas to Afghans, Pakistanis, and several other countries over security concerns. The source did not say what those concerns were, but said the visa ban was expected to last for a short period. We did the same thing, and the whole world was mad at us. And they can do it. Nobody will say anything. So there you go. From Ynet, on eve of root launch, Saudi Arabia, I said this was going to happen years ago, and I said when it does, it'll open up all kinds of avenues for Israel, and Saudi Arabia will have its hands clean when Israel goes in and takes care of Iran. And here it is. On eve of root launch, Saudi Arabia okays Israeli use of airspace for UAE flights. All they need to do is turn the transponder on their military aircraft to civilian frequencies, fly over Saudi Arabia, go bomb Iran, come back, and Saudi Arabia can say, they were civilian frequencies. We had nothing to do with it. And it will be job done. It'll be complete. And Israel can now effectively take out sites in Iran. It'll probably happen soon. It's not a prophecy. It's just a guess by me, okay? Israel info. Jordan fears a change in the status of the Temple Mount. After Netanyahu's visit to Saudi Arabia, Amman fears that Israel will give the Saudis a gift in the form of control over the Temple Mount as a gift for normalizing relations. The Jordanian foreign minister said in a statement that Jordan rejects attempts to change the historical and legal status quo on the Temple Mount. The kingdom will continue its efforts to protect and care for the Al-Aqsa Mosque and to protect the rights of all Muslims to it. In accordance with the Hashemite trusteeship of the Muslim and Christian holy places of Jerusalem. Notice how they once again skip the Jewish holy places. There's a real enmity going on, and the Hashemite kingdom refuses to acknowledge any Jewish heritage in Israel at all. So Saudi Arabia will not do that. Okay, so this may actually come about. We'll see where it goes. The comments came after Netanyahu held talks with the Saudi Crown Prince, MBS, in the Saudi Red Sea town of Naom, along with the U.S. Secretary of State Pompeo. Jordan has been overseeing the Temple Mount since 1924 with the help of the Waqf, assigned in Amman. The Waqf has already stated that it does not fall under the jurisdiction of Israel, and this is constantly causing outbreaks of tension in this place. In Jordan, they believe that the transfer of shrines under the control of Saudi Arabia could help to warm relations between the Saudis and the Jewish state, and Netanyahu is considering this step. Saudi Arabia controls Mecca and Medina. The third most important Muslim shrine will strengthen the country's dominance in the Muslim world. The King of Jordan said last year that he was under pressure to change the status of the Temple Mount, but he would never do it. So this is kind of interesting what's going on. We'll see where it goes, but uh, here you go. Zero Hedge, Iran's retaliation begins. 
parliament votes to raise uranium enrichment to 20%. This was last Sunday. The Iranian parliament voted by an overwhelming majority on the draft law about strategic measures to abolish sanctions, which includes raising uranium enrichment to 20%. The law includes restoring the old design of the Iraq heavy water reactor. The parliamentary meeting was attended by 232 deputies out of 246, and they voted in favor of the resolution. The Iranian parliament speaker Kalibaf also affirmed that the draft law on strategic measures to lift the sanctions will limit the terrorist acts waged by the enemy against Iran. This move comes in response. Now listen, to this comes in response to the events on November 27th, in which the head of the Research and Technology Center at the Ministry of Defense, Moshen, I can't pronounce the guy's last name, was killed in an assassination operation. Okay, November 27th, they said that this came into effect, right? According to Tehran Times, now they contradict themselves right in their own statement. The bill has been in preparation through this past week and this month. So they've been planning this over a month and they're using the assassination of this guy as a pretext to violate further the sanctions that they're under, that they agreed to, but gain special urgency after the Friday high profile assassination. So they're just completely lying and they're putting it in their own paper because they're not smart enough to understand what they're saying. The plan is a part of a broader strategy that aims to lift the U.S. sanctions on Iran. Iranian lawmakers had put forward a strategic bill to lift sanctions in early November that aims to force the U.S. into lifting sanctions on Iran through doubling down on nuclear activities. So three times in one short article, they contradict themselves and say that they've been planning this all along, but it's in response to killing that guy. Zero hedge. The Pentagon has closed... 10 bases in Afghanistan amid hastened drawdown. Thank goodness for President Trump. The longest continuous running war in the history of the United States of America because people are profiting off of this, especially the CIA and the people that are in the deep state. What do they have in this country that is of so much value? Opium. They have the opium fields. They have it all over there and they can control it. They can't control the ones in the Golden Triangle down in Laos, Cambodia, and Myanmar, uh, Burma. And so this is the opium that they can control. They've been doing this all along. This is what they did when they were in Vietnam years ago. Okay, what else do they have of great abundance there that everybody wants? Lithium. Lithium. And what is lithium made for nowadays? All your electric cars? All it is is a money thing for them. That's it. And so Trump knows this. And he says, our people have been dying all these years. It's endless wars and we need to get them out. And that's why they want him out. Even Republican governors and people in the government are saying we need to get him out of here because they're profiting off of what's going on in the world. Mongolia from Gizmodo. I'm all of a sudden angry. I've been kind of happy until I got to that and I'm just, I'm upset about it. <laughs> Feedback loop in Central East Asia threatens disturbing changes to Mongolia's climate. I thought it was all about climate change. Now it's the feedback loop. A review of weather patterns in the inner East Asia over the past 260 years suggests the region is currently caught in a dangerous cycle of heat waves and droughts that could forever reshape the area and possibly turn the Mongolian plateau into an arid wasteland. The Mongolian plateau is currently in a semi-arid region, but it may not stay that way. The kind of climate that's being predicted in which the region will suffer through even more heat waves and droughts could make the region dry and barren as parts of the United States Southwest. 
By analyzing tree rings sourced from the Mongolian plateau, the researchers were able to tell when heat waves and droughts happened in the past and when the soil was moist. Results showed that current temperatures in Inner East Asia are unprecedented across the 260-year record, but they're in this loop that the trees can identify. Okay, Daniel 12 technology, zero hedge. Navy to test resupply drones for warships. We saw just a while ago, I did an article on the oil people. I think it was in Denmark or somewhere where they are using drones now to fly stuff out to their their uh, oil rigs. Thank you. Instead of having a helicopter go out, it's much safer and you can do it quickly and efficiently. It doesn't cost very much. Well, they're doing it with the Navy now. The Naval Air Warfare Center Aircraft Division recently launched a pilot program to assess just how useful delivery drones are for hauling critical cargo to surface ships. NAWCAD engineers and military pilots are set to evaluate a commercially procured logistic unmanned air system prototype called the Blue Water Maritime Logistics UAS for long-range naval ship-to-ship and ship-to-shore cargo transport. I'd like everybody here to read that sentence out loud 10 times fast. The requirement is unlike other cargo requirements that online retailers like Amazon are exploring. Naval cargo transport requires vehicles that can successfully operate through difficult environments that include heavy winds, open water, and pitching vessels at sea. On the modern battlefield, cargo deliveries to warships are usually conducted via boats and or helicopters. When I was reading this article, I was thinking of the movie The Hunt of the Red October. If you remember, they were flying Ryan out to a um, uh, aircraft carrier in order to get him onto a submarine, and they were flying on that bucket, and it was and he says, oh, this isn't anything. Uh, the last flight was, and he was just pale. Anyway, that's what they got to go through to get things out there. And so drones have to be really hardy to do this. Blue Water Logistics UAS can autonomously haul 20 pounds of cargo. I know it's not a lot, but if you're saving people and getting things out there quickly, it adds up uh, for a maximum distance of 25 miles. The announcement of the Blue Water Logistics UAS pilot program comes as the Navy recently delivered supplies to a nuclear submarine for the first time using a drone. Good stuff. From Unexplained Mysteries, U.S. Air Force Base is guarded by robotic dogs. This is kind of cool. Tyndall Air Force Base right here in Florida. Okay. Tyndall Air Force Base in Florida is replacing human guard patrols with a new type of four-legged robot. Situated 12 miles east of Panama City, which gets hit by every hurricane in the past 10,000 years, the base, which is currently home to the three, there aren't 10,000 years in human history. There's only 6,000, so that was a little bit of an exaggeration. Anyway, um, they're the home to the 325th Security Forces Squadron, has been working together with Ghost Robotics to implement a new type of robotic dog that wouldn't look out of place in a science fiction movie. The semi-autonomous canines will be tasked with patrolling and guarding the base, which frees up personnel so that they can engage in more important training and security tasks. We're the first unit within the Department of Defense to use this technology for enhanced security patrolling operations. These robot dogs will be used as a force multiplier for enhanced situational awareness by patrolling areas that aren't desirable for human beings and vehicles. 
You know, that reminds me of a guy I knew that was a SP, security police, and he was in Minot, North Dakota, I, I think is where he was, and he had um, to go around the B-52s. And he says, I know exactly how many paces it is around there, and when it's snowing really hard, I know how deep the snow will get around you as you walk that same path again and again. These poor guys. Anyway, now they can have dogs do it robot dogs. Anyway, um, we will be able to see exactly what the robot dog is detecting through its mobile camera and sensor platform if desired. We will also be able to issue verbal commands to a person or people through a radio attached to the dogs. These dogs will be an extra set of eyes and ears while computing large amounts of data at strategic locations throughout Tyndall Air Force Base. I would imagine that they're going to start this everywhere if this works out. They'll be able to really pare down on SPs. They will be a huge enhancement for our defenders and allow flexibility in the posting and response of our personnel. The report says that they have not yet learned how to get them to stop peeing on fire hydrants, though. <laughs> From Revelation Plagues today, Orlando Weekly. Florida Governor DeSantis extends order banning local COVID-related shutdowns, restrictions, and mask Mandates. I want you to know if you're in a liberal area of Florida, you would be shut down right now because they want to control you. And he says, you're not doing that to my people. I love this guy. The two-page extension said the state continues to suffer economic harm as a result of COVID-19 related closures, exacerbating the impacts of the state of emergency and Floridians should not be prohibited by local governments from working or operating a business. The extension is slated to last as long as Florida remains under a state of emergency during the pandemic. The September 25th order barred local emergency ordinances that could prevent an individual from working or operating from a business. It also prevented local governments from requiring restaurants to operate below 50% indoor capacity and required local governments to quantify the economic impact and the public health need for limits on indoor capacity below 100%. So he wants all of this, and they're not going to do that, so they're just going to say, okay, stay open. And what he's done is he has now extended it. That was a September 25th order. He's extended it. Anytime that these people try to, you know, manipulate the system, he will come out with another extension to ensure that you have your rights in the state of Florida. The order also suspended the collection of penalties. Listen to this. They can write fines all day long if they want to. If you're in your, where you're living up there, if they want to write you a fine for not wearing a mask, that's great. But what does it do? The order also suspended the collection of penalties and fines for violations of such things as local mask ordinances, though it did not outright ban the ordinances. So you can write all the ordinances you want, but you can't enforce them and you cannot penalize people monetarily if they violate it. I love this guy. Vote DeSantis next time. Zero Hedge. Florida governor slams lockdown advocates as today's flat earthers. Okay, from PJ Media. Johns Hopkins study saying COVID-19 has relatively no effects on deaths in U.S. spiked after publication. They spiked it as soon as it came out. Now, this is something that I saw last week. And I was going to wait and see if I could find any other articles to support it. I found one this week. I, I'm not going to quote that because this is a real long one. But another article has come out and it is supported exactly this here. I was waiting to see if that would happen. They spiked this immediately. This lady wrote this article. But listen to what's going on in this nation. And I'm not going to give my opinion on it. But I can see only two possibilities after you get done with this as to what's going on. 
two possibilities. But I'm not going to say them here because we'll get banned forever. <laughs> Conventional wisdom is that COVID-19 has caused thousands of deaths in the United States and nearly 1.5 million worldwide. This perception has been directly challenged by a study published by John Hopkins University on November 22nd, just last week. Genevieve Briand, Assistant Program Director of Applied Economics, Master's Degree Program at John Hopkins University, critically analyzed the impact that COVID-19 had on U.S. deaths. According to Briand, the impact of COVID-19 on deaths in the U.S. can be fully understood by comparing it to the number of total deaths in the country. According to the study, in contrast to most people's assumptions, the number of deaths by COVID-19 is not alarming. In fact, it has relatively no effect on deaths in the United States. That's what it says. And it should come as no surprise that the study was deleted within days. So how exactly did the study conclude that COVID-19 has had relatively no effects on deaths? Here's how the study made this determination. After retrieving data on the CDC website, Briand compiled a graph representing percentages of total deaths per age category from early February to early September, which includes the period from before COVID-19 was detected in the United States to after infection rates soared. Surprisingly, the deaths of older people stayed the same before and after COVID-19. Since COVID-19 mainly affects the elderly, experts expected an increase in the percentage of deaths in older age groups. However, this increase is not seen from the CDC data. In fact, the percentages of deaths among all age groups remain relatively the same. According to Briand, the reason we have a higher number of reported COVID-19 deaths among older individuals than younger individuals is simply because every day in the United States, older individuals die in higher numbers than younger individuals. That's what you would expect. You got a bunch of old people in your church, you're going to be doing more funerals, right? Okay. So if COVID-19 has actually had no significant impact on U.S. deaths, why does it not appear that way? To answer that question, Brianne shifted her focus to the deaths per causes ranging from 2014 to 2020. There is a sudden increase in deaths in 2020 due to COVID-19. This is no surprise because COVID-19 emerged in the U.S. in early 2020, and thus COVID-19-related deaths increased drastically afterward. Analysis of deaths per cause in 2018 revealed that the pattern of seasonal increase in the total number of deaths is a result of the rise in deaths by all causes, with the top three being heart disease, respiratory diseases, influenza, and pneumonia. This is true. I just made that up, okay? This is true every year, explained Briand. Every year in the U.S., when we observe the seasonal ups and downs, we have an increase of deaths due to all causes. Here's where things get interesting. When Brand looked at the 2020 data during that seasonal period, COVID-19 related deaths exceeded deaths from heart diseases. This was highly unusual since heart disease has always prevailed as the leading cause of deaths. However, when taking a closer look at the deaths numbers, she noted something strange. As Brian compared the number of deaths per cause during that period in 2020 to 2018, she noticed that instead of the expected drastic increase across all causes, there was a significant decrease in deaths due to heart disease. Even more surprising, this sudden decline in deaths is observed for all causes. The study found that this trend, the quote, this trend is completely contrary to the pattern observed in all previous years. 
In fact, the total decrease in deaths by other causes almost exactly equals the increase in deaths by COVID-19. Briand concludes that the COVID-19 death toll in the United States is misleading and that deaths from other diseases are being categorized as COVID-19 deaths. There have been reports of inflated COVID-19 deaths numbers for months. Patients who never tested positive for the disease had COVID-19 as their cause of death on their death certificates. In May, Jared Polis, the Democrat governor of Colorado, disputed official coronavirus death counts, saying even those of the CDC were inflated. This is a Democrat as the result of including people who tested positive for the coronavirus but died of other causes. In July, a fatal motorcycle accident, which I reported on, was listed as a COVID-19 death. On Thursday, Johns Hopkins University explained that they deleted the article on the study because it was being used to support false and dangerous inaccuracies about the impact of the pandemic. If you have the exact same number of people that are dying as every single year and you have less deaths from the normal deaths that you have from every other year and they're labeled as COVID-19, then you have one of two possibilities going on. You think it through. There's only one of two possibilities that I could think of. They did not, however, challenge the accuracy of the data or its conclusions. In other words, the article was deleted because it didn't fit the proper narrative. YouTube. Biden tries to scare people with more COVID hysteria. Listen to this. Another 250,000 people are going to die. They're going to die anyway, folks, unless we surrender freedom. There you go. It's your hedge. Philadelphia priest dies after participating in Moderna COVID vaccine trial. Trust your government. Go through the trial. Zero hedge. Biden says Fauci to stay on. We'll ask Americans to wear, and I know you heard it, masks for the first 100 days of his admin. Not here. <laughs> Zero hedge. Newsom places California under three-week stay-at-home order. CDC chief says COVID worst health crisis in a century. Live updates. Life site. U.S. government to issue. Here it is. Remember what we talked about in Israel? I said it was like revelation plagues, and here's how they're going to do it. U.S. government to issue wallet-sized COVID-19 proof of vaccination cards. So you don't have to get the vaccination, but you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you can't do one thing or another if you don't have that little dumb card. But my question is, I have HIPAA rights. That was put in by one of our previous crummy administrations. They can't ask me my medical history in any way, shape, or form. So how are they going to get around that? Now, I know your employer can. They can ask certain things about your health and other things under certain instances, okay? How are they going to get around the HIPAA laws? That's what I want to know. But they are planning that right here, and they're planning it right now. They what? Executive order. Well, exa that's what I'm saying. How? I'm not saying they're not going to. I'm saying how. What is what is it that they're going to do to restrict your freedoms as an American citizen so that you Carry this stupid card that says you're COVID vaccinated for a vaccine that does what? Does what? Okay. Our other category, New York Post. New York City bar refuses to close even after city yanks their liquor license, calls their store an autonomous zone. Well, guess what? They arrested him a day ago, but that was his stand for a week. I'm an autonomous zone. From Mail Online, Black Friday turns red. At least 14 are shot in New York City over the Thanksgiving holiday as gun violence soars by 96%. Epic Times, nearly one-third of small businesses in New York and New Jersey have been shuttered 
since January. Report in New York, 27.8% of small businesses have not reopened, 27.8%, while 31.2% remain closed in New Jersey. They're killing their people. You see that lady on the video in California? You have to close your restaurant. You cannot open. She's right there, got her mask on. She's crying. They've closed my business. And right across the street, the movie industry has a big pavilion set up and people are walking back and forth, having their eating, dining outside, and she can't have her business even opened outside. They're killing people intentionally. Amazon, these big companies, uh, Walmart, they're loving it. Their sales have gone up and up billions and billions of dollars. I said this way before it was ever said by anybody else, and I've seen it a million times since then. This is the largest single redistribution of wealth in the history of the world. That is it. Christian Post. F grades spike by 83% due to school closures in response to COVID-19. Do you remember when I first said this? I first said that this was an issue and nobody else, nobody was talking about coronavirus. The week that President Trump passed the USMCA, re, got rid of NAFTA, the greatest deal for America in the history of the world, and they could not report on that. And so that is when they introduced this before nobody was talking about it. It was a little thing going on over in China, and I had mentioned it a couple times, but nobody else was even reporting on it. And I said, watch. They're going to bring Trump down with this. I said that right at the very beginning. Rush Limbaugh didn't pick up on it for at least two months after me. Not trying to brag here. I'm just giving you the facts. Okay. F grade spiked by 83% due to school closures in response to COVID-19. Killing our children one grade at a time. New research on student grades conducted in one of the U.S. largest school districts shows that the number of students getting F marks has increased by 83% this year due to the COVID-19 related restrictions on in-person learning with students with disabilities bearing the brunt. They don't matter though. The amount of increase among racial, ethnic, gender, and other student groups was highest among students with disabilities at 111%, followed by English learner students at 106%. We want them to come into the country, but we don't want them to learn English and we don't want them to excel when they're here. According to the study, the study follows on the heels of concerns locally and at the state and national level that student performance may be lower during the current year when virtual instruction is prevalent than in the past years when in-person instruction was the norm. Among black students, the increase was 63% and 67% among white students. Zero Hedge. Suicides in Japan. I love Japan, man. I spent six years of my life there. I married to that beautiful Japanese lady, right? Hello, Miss Garrett. You came in right today. <laughs> Suicides in Japan jumped 39% in October. More Japanese people died by suicide in October alone, alone, than have died from COVID-19 throughout the entire pandemic. Imagine that. In 2019, Japan saw its lowest suicide rate ever recorded during the 40 years it has kept track. 17,000 people have died by suicide this year in Japan, while fewer than 2,000 have died from COVID-19. They don't care. They don't care at all because they are going to be wealthy beyond belief in this life, and they're going to be chucked into the pit of hell without any value at all someday. It's terrible what's going on in this world. And these people are just rushing the world headlong into the end times. Epic times. Hello, new DOJ. I'm so glad you came. Your daughter, she refused to come today. And I just, I'm so glad to see you here. 
She can't come. She's a missionary and she's doing some missionary stuff, but I'm glad you showed up. Good to have you here. New York Post. Trump administration ousts almost all of Pentagon's defense policy board. Yes, he's doing this. And why do you think he's doing it? He's setting things up for when he's not here. Or even if he stays, he now has something to work with. Okay. Remember Esper who lied to his face? Remember that? And so all these people knew he was lying to his face. And he says, I'm not going to take that. You're all out of here. Listen to this list. Trump administration ousts almost all of Pentagon's defense policy board. 11 members of the Pentagon's defense policy board have been abruptly booted by the outgoing Trump admin. Former secretaries of state Kissinger and Albright. Retired Admiral Gary Ruffhead, one-time ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, Jane Harmon, and Rudy DeLeon, a former chief operating officer at the Pentagon, were all removed effective immediately. Also ousted were former House Majority Leader Eric Cantor and former Treasury Department Undersecretary David McCormick, former Deputy Attorney General Jamie Gorlick, Chief U.S. Nuclear Negotiator Robert Joseph, former Deputy National Security Advisor J.D. Crouch II, and former top defense official Franklin Miller. The status of the other two members on the board was unclear. The Defense Policy Board provides top-ranking Pentagon officials who have been lying to our president for four years with independent, informed advice and opinion on matters of defense policy. The Defense Department confirmed the move in a statement. The Trump admin had sought to appoint members loyal to the president to the board, but got pushback from former Defense Secretary Mark Esper and Acting Undersecretary of Defense for Policy James Anderson. They are gone. This guy is not taking anything, and if he does win re-election, he will have a clean slate to work with in the Pentagon. Epic Times, new DOJ rule opens doors to executions by electrocution, firing squad, and poison gas. Zero hedge. Now, I know all the conspiracy theories in the world are going to come up and that they're going to be gassing us and cutting off our heads. I get emails about this stuff all the time. Listen, I'm not into that. People that commit capital crimes are to be given a capital sentence. I don't care how they die. I don't care if it's execution. I don't care if it's hanging. The Bible says that if you commit a capital crime, you are to be executed. Okay? That has never changed. That predates the law of Moses. It's in the law of Moses. It's after the law of Moses. Paul even says, I don't mind dying if that's what's supposed to happen, but I'm innocent standing here before you. I know that's Charlie Gare's paraphrase, but he, he acknowledged that death is a part of the government's right to mete out. Okay, and that is the responsibility of all societies because we are made in the image of God. And when we violate that image in one way or another, capital punishment is to be meted out. That is what the Bible teaches. Zero hedge. White House fires Pentagon Advisory Board members via generic email in final purge. He just sent it out an email. If you're receiving this email, your membership on the Defense Business Board has expired. <laughs> Got a lesser here for you. The dogs they've invented can talk. They guard posts while taking a walk. No food and no poop. There's nothing to scoop. But boy, can those critters stalk. Good job. Um, that was kind of a joint effort between Les and his wife, and she felt a little, you know, timid about saying the word poop. And I said, go read the Geneva Bible's description of when a man urinates, okay? You won't ever feel timid about that again. These are natural bodily functions. Go re read the Geneva Bible and how they translate that particular thing. All right? Our irony. Okay, now this is kind of something not really ironic, but it's ironic. 
Um, a lady, a friend of mine, Kathleen, sent me this um, little cartoon of, from uh, Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul. And it said, my Sunday school teacher said I should follow Jesus, but I'm not allowed to leave the yard. And so the superior word amended it by saying, I love to hear my teacher talk about Jesus, but the government says I'm not allowed to go to church. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the superior word. What a wonderful bunch of people. And that is your Prophecy Update for the week.